0: but that lock, that clock is looming in front of me i preached from this passage last night and coming up here friday something began to to develop in my spirit and you know i don't know if there are any new sermons they're all just more of of good things that we've already had and 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 some of this has come out before, some of it not, but if you want to stand for the reading, be the last time you stand for a while, so you may want to take advantage of it. Mark chapter nine. I'm just gonna read I'm gonna read a little more to give you a full picture of what I'm saying. Verse seventeen. Mark 9, 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever... There there are a lot of he's in this. And you can get confused. So I'm going to insert the names of the he's, if you don't mind, to give us better understanding. He said, And wheresoever this spirit taketh him, my son... The Spirit teareth my son, and my son foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And the dad said, I spake to thy disciples that they should cast the Spirit out, and they could not. Jesus answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And when they brought the boy unto Jesus, and when... The spirit saw Jesus, straightway the spirit tear the boy, and the boy fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And Jesus asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him, the boy? And the father said, Of a child. And oft times the spirit hath cast my boy into the fire and into the waters to destroy my son. But if you, Jesus, can't do anything, have compassion on us, And help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto the spirit, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more. Into him, and the Spirit cried and rent the boy sore, and came out of the boy. And the boy was this one dead insomuch that many said he is dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Amen, you may be seated. I heard a woman say recently, she said, I was standing by my kitchen window a few years ago. I saw a big truck hit a motorcycle and send the driver flying through the air, landing on the highway and rolling over, apparently dead. Hurriedly, on foot, I ran toward him and saw a motorist, a stranger, slam on his brakes jump out of his car, quickly running to the young man, falling down upon his knees. He put his mouth to the mouth of the young man and literally breathed life back into his lifeless, broken body. She said, I will never forget it. In this house today, you may feel like that motorcycle. You may feel that you've been hit by a big truck of devastating and near fatal circumstances. But this service is like that compassionate motorist giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, breathing life, hope, vision, and action back into your lifeless form. Hallelujah. What a picture. What a vivid, real picture of what's going on in the individual lives of people that we know and love. That's why a church like this in a community is so important. You know, there are things that are necessary for a community to function you got to have some groceries. You have to have fuel. You have to have medical personnel, some t- something to help in the need of medical attention. you got to have a church. You must have a vibrant, alive, Pentecostal church available to people. And you have taken advantage of that today. And I don't know what got you here, whether it's the conference or whatever, but God is here to speak to you. Because situations of this magnitude deserve and necessitate definite, swift, and powerful action on behalf of people in need. Let me say that again. Situations of this magnitude. We're not talking about, somebody said all we used to have was a few old women dipping snuff. We're way beyond that. We're into real, devastating situations of life. Most of them are too horrifying to even mention. So people sit in silence in a church, hoping, hoping and believing. That something is going to be done or said to help me. Amen. Help me. Just by coming, you're saying, help me. But situations of this magnitude deserve action. And necessitate action that is definite and swift and powerful. I've told this at other places, but year before last at our camp meeting, we, we have a group of churches and have a camp meeting in July. Brother Kenny Morris, as you're very familiar with, was the speaker, and one night after he had preached, we were praying for people in that uh, big auditorium there. And I have a lady in my church, Sister Vangie Mosley. She's 83. She's a very small woman, uh, always been a great woman, a prayer warrior. Uh, she, she's not very tall. I say this, she's about four and a half foot tall till Friday. And then she goes to the beauty shop and gets her hair put up. She's about five foot tall. She's an old line Pentecostal woman. I'm telling you, somebody asked a boy down at camp one Monday, they was trying to, you know, get a little something on me. And they said, Cason, did y'all have a dead service last night? He said, no, sir. Sister Vangie laid down a message in tongues and brother Doug picked it up. And we, we had a mighty service. (laughs) If her husband says, huh, one time, he says it a thousand times a day because he can't hear, and she don't talk very loud. But if she gives out a message in tongues, it'll rattle the windows in our church and her grandson off a pew to get saved. But she's struggled. She's she's had health issues uh, uh, in in the past several years. She had uh, cancer. She went through all the treatment, and now she struggles with Parkinson's. She's very weak. And she was over here and she was praying. And Brother Kenny's out praying for people. And uh, he gets over to Sister Vangie. And he knows Sister Vangie very well because Sister Jones' parents used to be their pastor. And they, they've known each other most uh, of the ministry. And, and he took a hold of Sister Vanjie. I mean, this is an 83-year-old woman, four and a half, five foot tall. Parkinson's, weak. And you know Brother Kenny... He can get violent. (laughs) And he took that woman with both hands now, not not just a little touch, both hands. And he prayed for her and he shook her and I saw her hair just move. I thought he was going to shout her hair down for her. (laughs) And I'm standing there worried. I'm her pastor. And I want to say, hey, Lighten up. This is the best thing I got. (laughs) Leave her alone. You know. But I mean he just shook that woman and prayed for her. He's speaking in tongues. She's speaking in tongues. And when he lets go of her, she just falls out on the pew. It was so riveting. And a couple of people I think thought she had died. Really. (laughs) Really. She just laid out But I saw her She's still speaking in tongues And when she Come to herself I helped her up off the pew And she looked at me she, She's got some uh, Gibson eyebrows You know the, <coughs> That's who she was she married. And, and she got up She raised them eyebrows And she looked at me And she said I needed that Come on now. I needed that. I'm struggling with my health. I'm a believer. But I needed, like the motorist uh, coming over to this motorcycle rider, uh, and he looked up uh, at him. He breathed uh, the breath of life into him. Uh, I can see him as he looked up to that stranger and said, I needed that that come on now I'm here to tell you that we have you know we've gotten some visitors coming to our churches sometimes and some of these well dressed come on well to do people come from our communities into our churches and so we whisper to the choir leader tone it down a little bit today you you, you wouldn't be able to, to tone that down you'd have to put him in a Sunday school room and lock him up and get a substitute amen you tell the piano player you know don't don't get too careful you just tell the drummer to stay in his seat come on now we do that don't we we look at our sermon and say how can I back up a little bit from everything god the reason they came down here because they need help they want help come on they Desperate for God and listen to me. They need somebody to take both hands and grab a hold of their head and could do what needs to be done. He comes on Sunday, and when they get up, they look him in the face and say, I need that. Oh, come on now. We've shied away from it and we've tried to attract new people. I'm telling you, all the people that I have tried to get to my church have never come. Amen. All the people that I said I think I need in my church they never came amen but I'm going to tell you the people that need what I'm putting out and I'm praying about they somehow find their way in our church sit on them pews and I preach there just like I preach here and they need God and you know what I do I take a hold to them like brother Kenny and I give it to them hallelujah hallelujah all the help that they need oh yes sir there are so many people lying beside the proverbial road after having had a wreck and something has happened and they're lying there waiting on somebody to come by to breathe the breath of life back into their spirit and their soul come on you'll find they know a little about it grandma had that great grandma had that and I know about it I've never experienced it but I I need that. You see, I have learned that needy people don't mind strong spiritual people taking a hold of them. Come on now. It's these people that don't need nothing, that have everything, that'll look at you when you come with two hands raised and say, don't do that to me. Come on now. I've been in hospital rooms as a chaplain and had to ask them, can I pray for you? And I've never been refused but one time. But I got outside the door and prayed for him anyway. Amen. But I go into these rooms, intensive care rooms, and begin to pray. Hallelujah. And then somebody else in the waiting room will say, Hey, when you go back in there, you go in, I'm not saying about me. I'm saying about the power of God that's present in us that is needed because people need help. Hallelujah. I preached about the Samaritan man the other day, and the man down in the ditch. Uh, you know, uh, he, he he wasn't a, a whole breed. Uh, hallelujah! He was a little of this, and he was a little of that, and he was over here. But he, you know, he was ha- the, the man in the ditch was half dead. And half dead people don't mind if people that are not all the same race pick them up. Amen, come on now. I said people that are half dead could care less what race you are. They just want to know if you got what I need. And that man had a double dose of the Holy Ghost because he had oil and wine on him already. Hallelujah, when we leave church on Sunday morning and go to the restaurant, hallelujah, with a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Ain't no telling what could happen on the side of the road, when we see somebody down and lifeless and broken and pick them up with the power of the Holy Ghost that dwells in our soul. Hallelujah. You see when you hear this, uh, when you this gets in your spirit, uh, when you see what's going on in reality uh, I'm not talking about what we do on Sunday morning. Uh, everybody's dressed up. Uh, everybody's got your best hairdo on. Uh, we, we, we shine the car up. Uh, we come over here uh, and we make everybody think that everything is right uh, and everything's wonderful in our life uh, and go home and pull the door shut uh, and it's just like we left it this morning. Uh, why don't you stick your hand up and say I need help and I don't care who knows it everything ain't wonderful in my house like this man in this scripture they might have tried to hide this little boy in the back bedroom for a little while they might have put tin on the windows and said we're going to drive to the doctor or the psychiatrist or psychologist or whoever they went to and said we'll go in the back door but I'm going to tell you when the devil gets a hold of him and throws him down in the floor in front of everybody he walls around foaming at the mouth you can't hide All of it's out there. And see, the reality is, if you'd be honest, your neighbor would be honest, and your neighbor would be honest that we all got problems. Karen Peck sings a song, said, everybody's going through something. That's right. See, when you get to that point, sometimes when you're forced to that point, then you can be honest with yourself and God. This man brought his son to the disciples. And then Jesus came down from the mountain and he presented him his, his dilemma to Jesus. And, and, and he told him, he said, I brought my son which hath a, a dumb spirit. And wheresoever this spirit takes him, he tears my boy. He foams, my boy foams at the mouth and gnashes with his teeth in, And he's pining away. He's wasting away. If we don't get some help soon, it's going to be over with. And, and then he goes on. The Bible said Jesus begins to talk to him. And, and the man brought his son to Jesus. And when that spirit saw Jesus, listen, he, the Bible said he, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming right there in front of Jesus. How embarrassing. That must have been. Unless you're past shame. Come on now. We're afraid somebody down at our job site is going to realize we like everybody else. Listen, if you die on me, I will go back to Alabama time and preach till 12 o'clock. Don't leave me now. I guess we just realize what's, what's going on. It's real. It's real. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand because it's real. We're laying on the side of the road. Some of our people or us are laying on the side of the road just waiting on somebody to come breathe the breath of life. Somebody is waiting at an altar for somebody with enough power to grab a hold to them, and they don't care what they do to them. Lay them down on the, on the bench if you have to. It's what we need. And I'm going to tell you what, like I say, some of these people are not as adverse to it as we think they might be, just try it out. Well, what if they leave? I'm telling you, what are they going back to? What are we helping them by not giving them what they need while they're here? I'm telling you, once it gets evident what's really going on, they don't care anymore. When your boy is laying on the ground in front of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, wallowing around, foaming at the mouth, what else can you do but believe God? You say it ain't that bad at my house. How you know? Come on now, maybe going on, and you don't even realize what's going on. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. Hallelujah! We've got to bring him to Jesus. It's what we got to do because we don't have the power. The disciples didn't have the power. Oh, you say, well, Jesus said if you fast and pray, you can fast and pray all you want to, but you still got to bring them to Jesus. That is the fasting and praying method is to get them to Jesus because it's hard enough. The time down a man uh, that's got the devil in him he comes and he goes uh, and he's destroying this boy Uh, have you ever dealt with anybody like that Uh, it's difficult to even get them corralled up Uh, that takes fasting and praying uh, much less getting them to Jesus and letting him deliver them the Bible says there's three instances Matthew, Mark and Luke all tell this story in, in, in not different ways but all add some more information but every one of them record the very same response from Jesus he rebuked it takes forceful Pentecostal Holy Ghost anointed force to rebuke the devil come on now You get your rebuking and rebuking, you may be like the seven sons of Siva if you don't have the Holy Ghost and power. You'll run out of there bruised and naked and wounded. Uh, Amen. He'll ask you who you are. Uh, He said, Paul, I know in Jesus I know, but I don't know who you are. Come on. See this rebuke. But you have to understand who the rebuke is made to. Jesus never deals with that boy because the boy is not the problem it's the spirit he focuses on the spirit, amen he focuses on the real problem and it's amazing how you you, you got to slow it down a little bit, you got to picture it in your mind, you got to get it all together all these people are running together the daddy's crying out in tears if you can do anything uh, help us, uh, have compassion on us and the Bible said Jesus rebuked the foul spirit and began to talk to him amen, he said, Jesus said to him bring him to me, he brought him there he's foaming at the mouth down there he said well we brought him to you look what's happening now. He, you know what the devil's doing he's making one last attempt to kill this boy before Jesus can do his work oh come on now Hallelujah, one last attempt, one final work to try to destroy this boy because he knows if Jesus ever gets a hold of this spirit, he gonna send him back to hell where he come from and this mom and this daddy gonna be proud. Hallelujah, I'm talking to parents and grandparents. I'm talking to young people, hallelujah, that the spirits are real, the powers of hell are real, but greater is he, amen, he is greater. Greater isn't he? And he greater, he is greater And he is in me Greater is he that is in you Than he that is in the world Don't forget that he's greater And don't forget that he's in you One last attempt I mean there's no camera There's nobody to live this up You know Here's the son of God, and a crowd of people, and a and a daddy that's distraught, bags under his eyes, gray hair before his time. He's emaciated in his body. He worried. He's slept very little over the last few years because of this situation. Yours may not be a boy. Yours may not be your child. It may be something else. But it's left you devastated. It's left you lifeless and broken. I'm here to tell you God's here to help you Amen God's here to help you But God's here to help you In a powerful, powerful way (coughs) Walling around I can see Jesus looking down at that boy He didn't say nothing to the boy I can see him look at that spirit Go ahead do whatever you're going to do this is it This is it It's about to be over buddy This is the last time He wallowing on the ground So you better wallow him really good You better foam out that mouth As best you know how to foam Because he ain't foaming no more After this Do it You know he don't have the power to kill us amen. Hey, man if he could he'd kill us all this morning So he can't If he could, you've had enough close calls, haven't you? (laughs) Man, he'd have done done it, but he can't. But he just stand there and said, go ahead, go ahead. Just do whatever you want to do because there he is in this Bible picture. It said there he lay, wallowing and foaming. Daddy's crying. And then Jesus said, now that's enough. That's enough. It's enough. Are you ready for the God that you serve to look at the devil that's tormenting you and your family and saying, that is enough. It's enough. Foam running out of his mouth, dirt all over his clothes, he walling around, foaming at. The, he said, "Devil, that's enough." And then, it's not there, but it's evident. He said, "You stand right over there. You have tormented this family and tormented this family and devastated this family. Now you wait right there. I'm going to make you watch me restore this boy. Come on now. You've been present and you've been present. I ain't just going to let you leave. I'm going to make you watch me. Come on now. I'm going to make you watch me restore. You know what restore means? You remember that woman with the issue of blood and she's emaciated after 12 years? The Bible said he stopped the flow of blood. Then he healed her, a separate event. And then he made her whole. Three things that happened. And when he made her whole, he restored her as if she had never been sick. Her neighbors didn't recognize her when she come home. They thought somebody was trying to rob this poor little old woman that's been sick. They said, who are you? She said, I'm your neighbor. No, you're not. you too fat to be my neighbor. You've been so skinny crawling around in the yard you couldn't even walk. Look at you walking up strong. Look at you healthy. Look at your hairs come back. Come on now. Look at your feet. They're the right color. I don't recognize. You're not that woman. She said, look at them pictures 12 years ago. That's who I am now. And when this boy was restored, you hear me? I'm telling you, everything the devil had stripped away, God put it back on that boy and made the devil watch. He made the devil watch. Come on now. He said, you watch while I do this. I'm here to tell you what we need is some powerful praying people that we'll not give up I said we'll not give up until God has come and the devil may throw him down one more time but then God will say that's enough that's enough I am tired of you and you need to get tired of what the devil is doing so much that it puts you into action oh come on now he said devil you've done it and done it and done it and then he looks at that devil and said thou dumb and deaf spirit I charge the come out of him come out of him oh yes sir he had to get up he had to get out at the instruction and command and charge of the Lord Jesus Christ and then you know what he said and don't come back come on now don't come back enter into him no more he, he said come on now he d- d- determined that boy to be preserved and sealed him up and said don't Come back, because you see, delivering is good. But if you don't stay delivered, you know what happens next time, don't you? Seven times worse. What are we going to do? We're just going to have a little good little conference. Eat some good ham and biscuits. That's good. Eat some good chicken. Eat some good. That's good. Have good fun. I enjoyed it all. But that's not what I come for. Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! I remember out in the building. The last time Sister Jesse was able to come, she, we were out there, big crowd out there, and she, she, she motioned for me. She's sitting way back. She motioned for me to come back there, and I thought, well, you know, this woman don't understand that I'm the keynote speaker. You know, my name's the main guy. I need to be up front before people can see my new coat and my new handkerchief and all that. And she she wanted me to get way back in the back. So so I'm too respective not to go back, so I just went back there. And uh, she just sort of motioned, stand right here for a minute. I thought, Man. I'm just standing there. And finally, the song is going about like y'all did this morning. Spirit is a-moving. She's a-worshipping God. Amen. Next thing I know, she reached over and grabbed my hand and like a bolt of lightning come through me, come through one arm, come through the other and down through my body. Hallelujah. Like I had grabbed a hold of an electrical line somewhere. I just stood there and shook under the power of the Holy Ghost. She let me go and said, now you're ready. Come on now, now you're ready. Oh, hallelujah. You know why? Because people on the side of the road need somebody with a charge to breathe into them, to do CPR spiritually and press their stomach, press their chest and get life going back in. But more than that, they need somebody to grab them on the head, hallelujah, with both hands and shake them. Come on, I don't want nobody doing that to me. You will, you will. You'll get to the point you don't care who grabs you. You'll get to the point you don't care what happens. You don't mind after you get through wallowing in the floor gnashing your teeth and foaming at the mouth you won't care what happens then it's time for us to rise up in the power that we already possess I said that we already possess you got enough power in you right now to raise the dead we just don't have nobody dead here to raise come on now Hallelujah, you have enough power within you uh, to sing the song uh, that moves the service along. Uh, You have enough power in you uh, to reach out next to you uh, and very gently grab a hold of somebody's hand uh, and that electrical charge of the Holy Ghost uh, run through both of you. Uh, I don't know if I have that or not. Just try it. Uh, Amen, just try it out. Uh, What do you got to lose? All you got to lose is a boy pining away foaming at the mouth and gnashing his teeth I think I'll take the chance last night in this place I didn't know you can't know afterwards people began to tell me who came up and what the need was see after I leave here get in my car and ride all the way home I'm just dug but while I'm preaching while I'm anointed to give you the word of God I'm a whole different person Hallelujah. I'm here to impart spirit. You see, when Jesus began to talk to that spirit, I'm going to hush. Eventually. (laughs) You know, in John, he said, John 6, he said, the words that I speak. Some people talk so much, they start talking, you just, volume goes to zero, you know. You're just standing there. They're moving their mouth and you hear nothing. Because it's a lot of nothing, you know? Not preachers, of course, but (laughs) people. Some people, you've heard what they got to say. They just say the same thing over and over and over again. But Jesus said, when I speak, it's spirit and life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I could tell you to get up and get out of here and it's your choice. But when the life-speaking, spirit-speaking son of God tells the devil to get up, he has to get up. He has to do exactly what Jesus says for him to do. You feel like that motorist? Do you feel like you're lying on the side of the road somewhere about to die? I don't know if I'm going to make it, Brother Doug. You know, I used to say, I've been there now, so I know how difficult that can be. As pastors, sometimes we feel like we're lying on the side of the road, too. And God always sends somebody by. There's always somebody waiting. Just as soon as the wreck happens, somebody is on the way. Come on now. To pick you up. Who is that? I don't know. I don't know who they were. And to breathe alive back into. And then just get in their vehicle. Drive away. Always. There's always a God. Standing close by. With a word of spirit. And life. To speak into you. I come up that sidewalk this morning. I had my message in my Bible. Hallelujah, I have prayed. I've walked around that ministry center out there. Hallelujah, I've done all that that I usually do to prepare. I opened that door, hallelujah, and instantly I heard prayers. Hallelujah, I felt spirit in this house. I didn't know what was going on. If they were just having a prayer meeting before the service, I peeped around the door there, and they were Here in a circle. I don't really know all that they were doing, uh, but they were praying. uh, Hallelujah. And you know what? Uh, I felt spirit uh, and life uh, coming to me. Hallelujah. I said it's gonna be all right now. The brother piped up on them songs. I think they omitted one song uh, because it got carried away on the other one. Uh, Hallelujah. Ain't it all right when we get carried away uh, and just go with God? Uh, Hallelujah. You know what that's for? That's for you. Because you are lying on the side of the road. And the reason you're here this morning ain't why I come, Brother Doug. You didn't know that's why you come. I have come to put my spiritual mouth on your mouth and to breathe life into you. I have come to pick you up off of that road and put you to safety. What about it? Just want to stand with me. Someone come to the piano, whoever normally does.